Wild Enrichment is independently owned and claims no affiliation to any zoo, aquarium, or other animal care institutions. All of the information and opinions communicated through this podcast, wildenrichment.com, and affiliated social media accounts are based on my own opinions and experiences and are not in any way reflective of the opinions of my employers, past or present. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wild Enrichment Podcast, a podcast about zoos, aquariums, animal enrichment, and everything in between. I'm your host, Kyle Benton-Jones, zookeeper, animal lover, enrichment builder, and creator of wildenrichment.com. This is the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wild Enrichment Podcast. Uh, My name is Kyle, and as always, I will be your host today. Uh, This is episode 15, and today we're going to be talking about behavioral husbandry as it relates to the individual. This is a very important topic, one that I don't think is uh, talked about a whole lot. So what do we mean by, you know, uh, know, behavioral husbandry for the individual? What we really mean by that is, you know, gearing your behavioral husbandry toward the individual animal that you are, you know, designing the enrichment program for, providing the enrichment for, providing these, uh, you know, enrichment opportunities for. Um, you know, I really think this is one of the most important factors to consider when designing an enrichment program, uh, because I often think, um, you know, that when we when we're think when we start thinking about uh, enrichment programs and designing um, enrichment for. Uh, a, a specific animal, we generally start by thinking about natural behaviors, um, you know, that the animal's wild counterparts would be displaying on a day-to-day basis in the wild. Um, and obviously, this is a super important uh, thing to be thinking about because I really think, and we, we've talked about this before, that, you know, enrichment programs should really have that sort of backbone of uh, enrichment that's bringing out these natural behaviors, and and while I still think this is you know one of the most important factors to consider when designing an enrichment program, I often think uh, that this may be taken too far, uh, and that and this sort of results uh, in the needs of the individual animal you are designing the program for to be lost. What I think is a really important concept to always keep in the back of your mind. Uh, mind uh, with behavioral husbandry is the fact that you are trying to enrich the lives of the individual animals under your care and you know not the whole species not the entire species you're not uh, you know when you're designing an enrichment program you need to design the program to benefit the individual animals or group of individuals that you're caring for you know many of these individuals will have special needs uh, you know special tendencies and behaviors that could stray uh, you know, from this picture that we've formed in our mind of what the ideal needs and tendencies and behaviors should be based on what we know about the animals in the wild. Anybody who's ever provided enrichment for a variety of animals knows that you will never stop being surprised about their reaction. You know, uh, every, everybody's been here. Uh, you know, when you've spent hours uh, building an enrichment item, you think it's absolutely perfect, perfect for them. And you put it in with them, and sometimes it barely even gets a courtesy sniff. You know, there's nothing more frustrating than that. Uh, 
and it's uh, disappointing but necessary and kind of part of the process. But um, you know, we're, we're never really surprised. We'll never be stop being surprised by their reactions. And you know, sometimes you just throw an enrichment item that you didn't really give a lot of thought to uh, into the exhibit, or uh, you know, a different kind of bedding or something like that. And this will result in hours of behaviors that you didn't even know the animal was capable of. It is often very hard to predict how an individual animal will react when presented with, enri with an enrichment opportunity. So that's why I really think it's important to think in terms of the individual you are working with. So let's sort of talk about uh, what this kind of looks like. Um, you know, when, when we're you know, coming up with enrichment item or technique for an animal, uh, I, might, like many people, like to target a specific natural behavior as a goal outcome. Uh, and generally to do this uh, and, you know, and find which natural behavior to exploit, I ask myself a series of questions. This is just a few of them, but, you know, how does the animal spend most of its day in the wild? How does this animal acquire food in the wild? Is there a specific behavior that's missing from our current enrichment you know, toolbox? Uh, how do other facilities uh, enrichment programs differ from ours? Uh, is there you know, seasonal changes, things like that? Um, you know, these questions and, and many, many more are fantastic at painting you a picture of what the day-to-day -day life of an animal might look like. And that sort of translates into various enrichment opportunities that you can provide an animal you are caring for. But it may not prove useful uh, at providing these insights into what the individual needs of a individual animal might be. You know, for example, these are just some questions that are more targeting the individual and not as much the species. So, you know, does this animal show signs of any negative behaviors or tendencies? Things like stereotypies, stuff like that. Um, does this animal have any medical concerns that could affect enrichment outcomes? Will age play a factor in how this animal will react to enrichment? What is this animal's behavioral husbandry history and how will that affect willingness to interact with enrichment? You know, that question sort of geared toward animals that may or may not have received um, adequate behavioral husbandry uh, before a certain point, you know, if there's an animal that's been fed in bowls its whole life, it might have different um, outcomes when providing food-based enrichment, for example. Um, will this animal's need to learn, uh, will, will this animal need to learn to interact with enrichment? Uh, how will group dynamics affect enrichment opportunities? You know, questions like these will really allow you to take the knowledge you have acquired from the first set of questions and sort of apply it to your specific situation and the individual or individuals that you are working with. Because really, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'll, some animals just don't fit the mold. You know, throughout your animal career, you will encounter, encounter many animals that just don't fit the mold at all and require much more effort and nuance when it comes to behavioral husbandry than other animals of the same species. Yeah, like just in my career, I've worked with, you know, a cougar that likes to roll around on a boomer ball all day. Like she was a furry BB-8 from Star Wars. Uh, you know, this is actually, um, the picture of her doing that was um, the uh, base picture for the logo that is the Wild Enrichment logo. Fun fact. Um, but, you know, this is an animal, an example of an animal that 
you know, a lot of the time I find boomer balls, they're, they're fantastic for animals that interact with them. And, um, when they're paired with other enrichment items, I find a lot of the time, but a lot of the time I find boomer balls are just something that a lot of people put into the exhibit. Uh, they provide the animal with, without really necessarily thinking about whether or not the animal's interacting with them. They just kind of sit in a lot of exhibits, uh, without being used, um, that's what I find a lot of the time with a lot of the animals that I've given boomer balls they uh, they just don't really get used a lot, a whole lot of time because it's not really, you know, necessarily promoting a lot of natural behaviors in a lot of animals. There's definitely a lot of animals, a ton of animals that, that really love them. But again, this is an example of the individual needs, you know, this is, uh, you know, that cougar I was just talking about would sit and interact with this boomer ball for hours and hours and hours every single day. No matter how often this, you could leave this boomer boomer ball in every day for a year, and she would sit on this boomer ball and roll it around every single day, all day. So this is an example of an animal. I, I wouldn't necessarily be giving a cougar a boomer ball, uh, you know, just as part of their enrichment program because I don't really think uh, for a lot of cougars that I've worked with, it doesn't really seem to promote any natural behaviors. But for this cougar that was, you know, enrichment item number one for her. So uh, that's sort of an example of tweaking these enrichment programs and really listening to the actual individual animal as opposed to this sort of narrative you create in your mind of what the perfect, uh, you know, cougar could be and what that enrichment program looks like. So, you know, there's, uh, and you know, there's there's always those animals that exhibit stereotypic behaviors or other negative behaviors. And I'm sure, you know, many of you listening to this can think of your own examples of these sort of standout animals that really didn't fit a defined mold or, uh, you know, if they're living with other individuals of the same species, they sort of stand out completely in their behavior. Um, and I really think... Um, in situations like these, it's the need for focusing on the individual and not just the species or group of animals they live with is very, very important for the overall success of the behavioral husbandry program. All right, so let's actually talk about what the steps for enriching the individual actually looks like. Um, you know, step one, research the natural, natural history for the species. This is still very, very important just to get an idea of, uh, you know, what this species should uh, be, you know, doing in captivity, what those natural behaviors look like, how they're spending their day. Um, you know, we've, we've written a lot of articles about, you know, researching the natural history. So um, this is still step one. I still think this is very, very important. And then step two, research the needs of the specific individual or individuals you are trying to enrich. You know, there's different ways of doing this, but if you have, you know, say surveillance on uh, the exhibit going through the, the surveillance system, the footage and creating a sort of a ethogram of how that, that specific individual or different individuals are reacting, what they do differently from the other individuals they, w they live with, if, if they do live with, uh, you know, uh, conspecifics or something like that. Um, just anything, anything in particular that sort of stands out as a, as a need, as a goal, you know, I, step three, uh, you know, write down and categorize the individual based on their needs. So, uh, you know, if this 
individual has a bad back, so enrichment needs to be lower to the ground, uh, you know, has a head swinging behavior uh, that you're trying to mitigate. Uh, stuff like that. Make individual goals uh, based on that animal and try to categorize them out and, and break them down, especially if they live in a, in a group or, you know, a, even a larger group setting. This can really uh, help you, you know, even group animals together and make enriching uh, the whole group a lot easier when you're sort of giving everybody their own category and their own goals. So uh, step four, I've already kind of mentioned this. If the individual lives with other conspecifics, rank the individual based on priority for the behavioral husbandry program to focus on. You know, a lot. I'm sure a lot of uh, you listening will, uh, you know, relate to this, but, uh, you know, you might have worked with um, animals, you know, a group of animals and there's a group of four or five that they they interact with all their enrichments that they don't have any negative behaviors uh, they're very very easy when it comes to behavioral husbandry and then there'll be one or two individuals in that group that really struggle that you know they have stereotypic behaviors um, they have uh, particular needs that the uh, the other group just doesn't have so these are ones that you want to rank above the others when it comes to you know that behavioral husbandry goals these guys are going to really take up most of your time and they should really be prioritized when it comes to behavioral husbandry. So that's kind of why I put step four um, as, you know, making that priority list uh, for the behavioral husbandry program to focus on. So step five, uh, create goals based specifically on what you want to see from the individual and not just the group. You know, if that's mitigating a stereotypic behavior, uh, different welfares, welfare indicators, uh, stuff like that, make goals about the individual. Step six, uh, think of ways you can adjust the current program to better cater to the needs of the individual based on the research you did in step two. So, you know, obviously it's very, very hard to completely redesign a program. So I think it's uh, great a lot of the time to sort of, uh, you know, in this step six to take a step back and really think about what you can do to the current program to make it suit the individual or individuals a little bit better. So uh, step seven, create a separate daily tracking as well as goal tracking sheet uh, for that individual. You know, you want to be segregating this individual off when it comes to uh, the daily tracking and uh, really keeping an eye on those goals and how you are reaching them. So th that's really the sort of steps uh, that I think are important for enriching the individual. This isn't a, you know, a very, very long podcast or anything like that or a very in-depth topic. Uh, we definitely will go more in-depth in this in the future, but just something to think about on your day-to-day -day, uh, behavioral husbandry programs, um, you know, really thinking about uh, that individual. And, you know, although I think researching and targeting natural behaviors when creating an enrichment program is absolutely essential for the program's overall success, I, I really believe that this practice can sometimes obscure the needs of the individual animals you are caring for. The main takeaway from you know this podcast is at the end of the day, enrichment programs are created for the individual animals you are working with, and not the whole species. You know, you're not, you're not, you're a lot of the time you're not making these sort of write-ups for you know cougars in general you're you're working with a single cougar or a group of cougars and you're trying to make an enrichment program for them so don't get caught in that trap of you know making this sort of ideal what you think a wild cougar would be doing so um 
So, yeah, I think great care should always be taken when, you know, to make sure the individual's unique needs and goals are taken into account at all times. And that's really the main uh, takeaway from this podcast. So uh, thanks everybody for listening and I hope you guys uh, tune into uh, the next podcast. Uh, Hopefully that will uh, come out soon. Uh, As always, if you want to contact me, if you have any questions or anything that you think we should talk about uh, on the podcast or the next podcast, um, definitely reach out. It's at Wild Enrichment on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, You can email me at Kyle. Uh, at wildenrichment.com go on our website wild enrichment and the contact information will be there as well Uh, actually right now we do have a uh, this is relatively new we have a patreon page Uh, so if you uh, like the show you like wild enrichment um, and you want to show some support uh, this money will be used for uh, you know our web hosting and uh, just allowing us to do more uh, podcasts and articles and uh, useful resources. So uh, if you want to become a Patreon, uh, the link is on our site and on our social media. So um, definitely check that out. Uh, But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Until next time.